Okay, we're in this series called The Attributes of God. Uh, we've been doing this for a couple months now. And if you were here the past two weeks, Pastor Andy did an amazing job on God as a consuming fire. Amen? So I got to listen to one of his two messages. I'm a little behind on things, but the first one was amazing, and I'm looking forward to listening to the one from last week. I know what he had told me, it was, you know, it was a tough message. Uh, you know, it was a challenging message for all of us. Uh, in God being a consuming fire, which I appreciate that. I give him all the hard messages to give, and then I do all the easier ones. So I get all the amens, and then when he's preaching, you got to be like, oh, Lord, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the Lord led him in that. It wasn't me. Yes, amen, okay. The Lord leads everyone who, everyone who preaches up here. We allow the Lord to lead what he wants to do and how he wants to do it. So uh, just a quick overview we've done. This is attribute, to, this morning is going to be attribute 15. Oof. The Lord did tell me what the next series will be. I'm not going to share that with you just yet. I'm uh, just letting it stir and marinate a little bit in my heart. So, But a new series will be coming up probably in the next couple of weeks. But here's what we've already done so far. God is infinite. God is immutable. God is love. God is good. God is wise. God is faithful. God is merciful. <clears throat> God is gracious. God is jealous, God is just, God is holy, God is protective, God is patient, God is a consuming fire. And this morning we're going to talk about God is omniscient, or all-knowing. And the beautiful thing about all these attributes is they all work in tandem, they all work together, they're all working all the time. And so you can't just take one and say, well, God is just, and remove it from God is good and say, well, he's just just right now. He's not being good. No, <clears throat> he is all things all the time. All of these attributes of God is who he is. He doesn't change. He was the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. So all these attributes, are they're, they're all him and they're all the time. And the reason why we believe that they're important for you to understand them and to know them is that how many of you are facing any type of situation at all that might be challenging right now? Come on, right? We have these challenging situations and we, a lot of times the world will feed us information about God or we'll have these preconceived notions of who God is and a lot of times they're wrong or they're off. But when we truly get to know who God is and understand how he operates, the situation in which we're in, the circumstance or challenge that we're facing, we see it with a whole new lens. Because we see God working through something even when it's a challenge. Because a lot of times in my previous, I don't know how long ago this would have been, but as I'm growing with God, I'm learning these things like I would stub my toe, something simple. And it was just like, God, I can't believe this is happening. I was like, really? You know what I mean? Like, I step on a Lego. Oh, oh, woe is me. Why, Lord, did you give me all these children? I mean, come on, the children are a blessing from the Lord, right? You know, you're getting waking up in the middle of the night by a crying baby. You're like, oh, Lord, I can't believe like, So we, if we would begin to understand, that's just our flesh talking, right? That's just our mind, and it's, it's just our flesh. When we truly begin to understand who God is, and how he operates, we see not just silly ones like stubbing our toe, but we see challenging things in a different way. And I'm going to talk a little bit about my week uh, that I was away uh, in South Dakota, and some challenging things that I faced 
like every single day, and even on the trip home, and how seeing all of this through who God really is helped me to navigate this entire week. Usually when we talk about that God is omnipotent, all-knowing, there's two other words that go along with it. We're not going to look at those today, but they're omnipresent, which means God is everywhere, and that he's also omniscient, and omnipotent, is which is he's all-powerful. But I want to talk about this morning about God is omniscient. So the definition of this is this. It is that knowing everything or possessing all of the knowledge that there is. God possesses all, capital A-L-L, not the laundry detergent. They even still make that? Wow, that was really random. Okay, sorry. Now everyone's thinking about, oh my gosh, my laundry's behind. I forgot to do this. I left, right, I left the wash in the washer all night. Now I got to rewash. Okay, forget all that. Put all that aside. Focus back here with me. Eyes up here, focus back. Okay. Definition of omniscient, knowing everything or possessing all of the knowledge that there is. Do you understand that God knows everything? Nothing new is created that he is just like, you know, no uh, scientific discovery. Oh, wow, I can't believe that. That's amazing. God knows it. God knew it. He was the author of it. He created it. He already knows it. He is all-knowing. And when we can go through our lives understanding that God knows everything, we have this response, how we live our lives can be different, saying, well, if he knows everything, and I know him, if he knows everything, and I know him, how my life can be so different. Because if he's got the knowledge, and he says, ask for it, and you'll receive... I'm thinking about asking God for a few pieces of information. Yeah? Come on, church. How many of you are there? Like, I'd be like, I would like to know a little bit of information for about this situation, the circumstance that I'm in. Let's look at a couple of scriptures here before we get rolling into this. Isaiah 46, verse 9 and 10. Says this, Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. Nothing in this world. You cannot find anything in this world that is like him. You cannot. There is no other God, small g. There is no idol. There is no iPhone. There is nothing that can do what God can do. No artificial intelligence. You know, you say you write this question in there to that chat GPT, whatever it is. Anybody know what I'm talking about yet? You probably all will in in the not-too-distant future. But you write a question in there, like this or whatever it is your question is, and some computer, artificial intelligence, writes you like an essay of this thing. Like for those kids who are going to school, God bless you, man, because it feels like all these answers are right there. you got to be creative on your own. That's a whole other thing. But what I'm saying is there's all these things out there. But listen, church, God is the one who was all-knowing. He is the one who knows everything, not artificial intelligence. Not your iPhone, not your computer, not Google. People can relate with Google. You Google everything, right? What are you going to do? Well, let's Google it. Well, let's Google it. How about we stop for a second and ask God what the answer is? Can we ask God for a minute what the answer is before, before you do the... Oh, I don't actually have my phone with me, which is shocking, right? I'm like, where is it? Oh, my gosh. 
It's like I'm missing something. Right? You go in your pocket and you go like this. And you just, so it's so simple. But I believe God is calling us to a different way. To a different way. Not to be like the world, but a different way. To ask him for He may say, Google it. And I'll show you the answer there. Then do it. Nothing against it, right? For I am God, there is no other. Verse 10, declaring the end from the beginning, from the ancient times, things that are not yet done. He knows everything. Everything that's going to happen. Saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will do my pleasure. Psalm 139 says this, O God, you have searched me and known me. I love that. It's like past tense. It's like he knows you. It's known. You are known by him. If you have a relationship with him, you are known by him. You know my sitting down. You know my rising up. He knows what time you got up this morning. He knows that I wanted to get up at 6 a.m. And I played 12 hours of softball yesterday and was unable to get out of bed. Literally. It's a summer miracle that I'm standing (laughs) after yesterday's games. But he knows the time you get up. He knows the time you go down. He knows the thoughts that you have. He knows the challenges that you have. He knows if there's that fear and anxiety that you're dealing with and battling with the moment you open up your eyes in the morning. He knows that. So invite him into those situations and into those circumstances and say, Jesus, I need you now. Lord, I need you. You know what I need to go do next. Help me, Lord. And he will help you. You understand my thoughts afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down. You are acquainted, look at this, with all of my days. Not just yesterday. Not just today. He is acquainted with the days that are yet to come. He's already there. God transcends time. We think because we're human, we have this thing of time and the clock and the phones and alarms going off and it's in our car, it's in our house, it's everywhere. The time is always in front of us. God is transcendent of time. He's already in tomorrow. He already knows the challenges you're going to face. He's already working and preparing, not just you, but circumstances for you. He's acquainted with all of your ways. For it's not a word on my tongue. That's a little scary. He knows all of our words, too. Yeah? Whew. But behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You have hedged me behind and before. You laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge, his knowledge, is too wonderful for me. It is high, and I cannot attain it. Church, you cannot attain it. You can only get it from him. People are trying to get more and more knowledge. If you're called to that, there's certain things. I'm not going to talk about that this morning, but what I'm telling you is that he has all the knowledge. He has all the wisdom. Hebrews 4.13 says, There is no creature hidden from his sight. He knows where you are. He knows what's going on. He knows what you're doing. But all things are naked and open to his eyes of him, who we must give account And then Psalm 147, I just want to read some scriptures here to build your faith before we get into a couple examples and things I want you to be able to do and walk away with. It says, he counts the number of the stars, he calls them all by name. Great is the Lord and mighty in power, his understanding is infinite. Again, all of these attributes working together, powerful, infinite, all-knowing, 
all working together. And the last verse here, 1 John 3.20, for our heart condemns us. God is greater than our heart and knows all things. He is all-knowing. Listen to this. It's not on the slide. I'm just going to read it here. He can be everywhere at the same time. He never sleeps nor slumbers. He's aware of every moment of every day. Exactly what we're up against. He knows our way and is always with us. There is no place on earth we can go that He doesn't see and know of. Because God is all-knowing, we can trust. Church, you can trust that He knows everything you're going through today. And everything you will be going through tomorrow. And when we meditate on this truth, especially in the light of His other attributes of goodness and love, it makes it easier to trust Him with all that we have going on in our lives. From the very serious to the silly and mundane of stubbing our toe. God knows, we can write this down, I think I have this up, God knows what we need, when we need it, and He will help us along the way. What a thing we can, if, we, if you walk away this morning with anything, God knows what we need, when we need it, and He will help us along the way. What a great promise to have for our lives. So let me tell you a quick, a little bit about our trip to my trip to South Dakota. This was a this was a uh, a guy's trip into the woods. I think I had mentioned this before we left. I was a little nervous about the trip. Going to be honest, I'm not a mountain person. Okay, they're talking about. <clears throat> I heard about axe throwing. I heard about tents. I heard about sleeping bags. And I just, I, to be honest, I was a little apprehensive about going. I was just like, man, I just don't even know if I want to do this. It's in South Dakota. Like, I sort of know where that is on the map. I've never been there. Feels kind of remote, kind of out there. And I just didn't want to go. I was going to miss softball games. I was going to miss my family. Like, do I really want to go on this trip? And I was just a little bit like, I just don't even know. But I knew God wanted me to go. And I had to choose obedience to go. So here's a little bit about this. So we were totally off the grid. And I'll tell you what, it was very difficult at first. No cell service, no Wi-Fi, nothing. Do you know how many times I went for my phone in the first day? You can look at your phone, how many times you open your phone up, it gives you a little tracker. It was like a hundred times. Like no matter what would happen, so I was, all of us, there was 10, I think there was 12 guys in this house. Now I will tell you, when we drove up, to the place where we were staying, I was telling some of you guys out in the lobby, it was not a small cabin in the woods with only an outdoor toilet. It was like a beautiful mountain home with gorgeous views. There was air conditioning. So I don't know, I don't know which one of you guys were praying for me, but the place where we got to stay, it was fantastic. I had my own bed. There were showers in there. There was good food. Like So all of my fears... God knows what we need, right? He was like, he knows what we need. Like, and God was just like, look, you're not ready for the challenge of true outdoorsmanship. And he understood I wasn't there yet, and so he blessed me with a very beautiful home in the woods that we got to stay in. 
But it was like this habit of going from my phone, of constantly looking for it. And to be honest, as the Lord, he knew that I needed some time to disconnect from that. And by the end of the week, I wasn't going for my phone anymore because I couldn't. Then I was a little bit apprehensive about the schedule that they put out. Because on day one, we were going to be shooting handguns. And I'm going to be honest. Other than a BB gun, I'd never shot a handgun before. Or a rifle, for that matter. And I was, I was a little bit nervous. I was a little bit apprehensive about this thing. So I, we get there and we start, you know, they're pulling out all these handguns, the 38 specials, the 45s, the 9 millimeters, the 22 cal. They are saying words that I've never heard in my life. I've only heard them on like westerns or on TV. I didn't know what any of that meant. And they're, and they're giving us the safety lesson. I'm like nervous as all get out. And so I, and of course they choose me to be the first one up. There's like professional handgun people. I don't know what you call them, but they were with me. And I'm the first one up with 12 of my colleagues standing behind me, watching the target and watching me shoot or attempt to. And so I get in my stance and I'm like, okay, God, I can do this. And so I I wasn't sure if I was left-handed or right-handed. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know which eye I was supposed to look out of. I'm going, I'm doing all these different things. And I just start shooting, doo, 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 doo. And I look at the target. I'm telling you, I'm from like here to this screen away. I didn't hit a blessed thing. <laughs> and the guy who was with me was just like, where did, did anybody else see where those, gun, where those shots were going? I was like, oh my gosh. Lord, why? Why am I here? What are you doing to me? And so as we progressed through, you know, through this morning, it felt like it was like hours upon hours of shooting these guns. The Lord really began to minister to me. And there were guys who were really good and some guys who were better than me. I was the worst one, and I had to deal with that. But the Lord just encouraged me. He's like, Jason, it's okay. I knew this was going to happen, but I wanted to encourage you, and I wanted to show you my son, that it's okay that you don't know how or that you're not very good at shooting guns. And we have to realize, like, I don't know about you, but for me, it's like I think I need to be really good at everything all the time. Like the moment I touch anything or pick anything up or think of anything or try to attempt anything, like I have to be an expert right away. I never shot a gun in my life. Why would I think I'd be putting bullseyes in the target all the time? The Lord just really, he knew that I needed to recognize that. And he taught me that lesson. Because he's all-knowing, and he's a good God. And he was like, Jason, I love you. It's okay that you can't hit a target from five feet away. I've not called you to be a sharpshooter. And I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And to be honest, during the trip, there was, it was challenging because I was around other senior pastors. Every one of them had a bigger church than ours. And I had to, I had to ask the Lord, Lord... Because, you know, you begin to look around at other people. You begin this comparison thing. Well, look at them, or look at them, or look at this church. And they start telling me about this. And I found myself going, you know, you put that little face on. Hey, man, that's good for you. So happy that your church is a thousand people in the middle of nowhere. There's only like 5,000 people in the whole town, and you have a thousand person church. Yeah, that's great. I'm not jealous at all. I love this. Really fantastic for you. 
Like, and, and the Lord just continued to minister to me because he's all knowing and he's good and he knows, he knows the things. Like, I was a little bit, eh, eh, eh. And but by the end of the week, the Lord just showed me, like, these guys are in the same situation. He has just, the where their place or where God has them, it's just a different circumstance, a different situation, but they're all challenged with the same things. They all had the same insecurities that I had. They all had the same challenges and problems that I had. And it didn't matter on the size, and God was like, this is where I've called you. This is where I want you to be. And I will grow this church in my timing, says the Lord. The Lord says he will add to it daily. And he reminded me of words that he'd given us when we first started, that there'd be subtraction before addition. And I had to, those are tough words to swallow. That I knew that the church had to subtract before it grows, and I'm glad the subtraction is over. And the Lord is going to begin to add. But he knew that. And this trip was all his purpose and all his plans for my life. And then I was around some super smart theologians. How many of you ever get around people who are like way more intellectual than you and you begin to be like, like, could you repeat that sentence again? Because I only understood the and and. <laughs> Words you're using, I don't even understand. Are they like, are those, is that English? Like at one point, maybe they were speaking in tongues because I didn't understand. And, they, and we, were, we were hitting challenges and issues, like big theolo- theological challenges and all this different stuff. I'm just like, oh, and I, begin, I honestly, I started to feel like, oh, man, what am I doing? I need to be, I, I just need to be spending more time in the Bible and I just need to quit my secular job and I just need to go start spending more time in theological books. And then later that day, there was a prophecy over my life that said, you are to be in both spheres, both the business world and the church world, and they will operate together. And that is where I called you to be. And that is what I've asked you to do. And you are a bridge between the business world and the church world. And I'll be sending people to you to go back and forth between the two. And I'm like weeping over this prophetic word because I just spent hours being challenged over these theological questions that I thought that maybe I was something was wrong with me. But God knew. And he encouraged me. And he blessed me. And he said, I didn't call you to be a super smart theologian. There's a place for that. I've called people to that. That's not what I've asked you to go do. And he encouraged me through that. And there's a little wonderful blessing, and I'll talk about my trip getting home here in just a second. But there was a time on Friday where I needed to check into my flight. And because there's no cell signal and no cell service... Everyone was struggling to check into their flight. And I woke up and I was like, okay, Lord, this is almost over. It's Friday. I've learned a lot. Thank you. I'm ready to go home. And I tried earlier that day. I walked two miles up a hill to try to get a cell signal because that's where somebody else told me it was. It wasn't there. (laughs) Verizon doesn't operate like that in South Dakota. I can tell you that. He whispered to me. He said, walk down the driveway. Go to the right. Go two houses and stop. It's like, what? That's further downhill. I'm in the middle of the mountains. There's no way. It's like, okay, I'll do it. I was obedient. And I walked down the, down the driveway. It was from here to maybe, you know, to the front door there. I turned right and I went two houses. And I turned on my phone. Ding, 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 ding. 
the softball team and the 1,000 text messages we send each other over the course of the week, they all started downloading. Ding, 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 ding. I was like, Lord, you know me. Thank you. He knew what I needed, and he knew where it was because he's all-knowing. Who else would have known? Nobody else knew, but God is all-knowing. He knew where the cell service for Verizon was going to be in South Dakota, and it was in that one little spot. Church, and he loved me so much and cared about me so much that he took me to that spot. Come on. Come on. He wants to do that for you in your life as well. He knows the little challenges that you're facing. He knows the big challenges that you're facing. Okay, now it's time to leave South Dakota. And I'm so happy. <laughs> At some point, I did ride a horse. I don't remember it too much because I was holding on for dear life. And actually, it was a pony. They, they looked at me, and they asked me, how much experience do you have riding horses? And I said, I did it once a long time ago. And they said, okay, son, we're going to give you the pony. Now, all of my pastor friends, they're riding these horses. Like, this one's just a little bit smaller than a Clydesdale. This one's, I mean, these are these massive horses. They're giving all these guys, and they bring me out the pony. I'm holding on to this thing for dear life. People, I, my, the guys I'm with, they have their cell phones. They're taking pictures as they're riding. I'm like, my, my, I seriously had like pains in my arms because I was so tense from riding this little pony. And it's funny when you see the picture of us, like there's all these huge horses and then there's me. <laughs> I wish I should, maybe I should get it. It was ridiculous. <clears throat> Anyway, I don't even know why I'm telling you that story. It has nothing to do with this. God knows what you need, when you need it. He knew I could only handle the pony and not the Clydesdale. Thank you, Lord. So it's time to leave, and I'm just, I just really want to get back to the family and back to the kids um, and back home. And we get to the airport, and everyone's checking in their flights. It's a small airport in South Dakota, and we are at gate five, gate five. There's only six gates. I'm at gate five. Um, and there's only one terminal. That's it. You're looking at it. It's like, shh, size of this room, okay? <clears throat> and so I, we walk to gate five. We're so happy. It's 7.30 in the morning on Saturday. And I look out at the plane. And the engine compartment is open. And there's a guy working on it. And I'm like, what is going on? You're like, don't worry, sir. We just have a few maintenance challenges. This plane will be all back together in no time. I don't know how they, American Airlines, all the airlines, I don't know how they communicate to speak to customers, but very calm, very reassuring, and I believed her. I believed her. And so I sat down in the airport, and we're waiting. There's four of us on this flight, and we're just waiting and sitting there. And we're watching, we're like, this is not happening. <laughs> there are people coming and going and they're staring at this plane. This is really not happening. We're not going to get out of here right now. So then they're like, okay, guys, we're so sorry. We're going to reschedule this for noon. This is 7.30. Now it's only four hours out. We're like, oh yeah, okay, no problem. So we're walking around the airport, which is like this room. So we're just sort of walking in circles, waiting. There's one small restaurant, great hamburgers. Um, anyway. And so we're there and we're watching 
And they're like, you know what? It's not going to get fixed by noon. You're like, yeah, you think? Look at it out there. There's parts on the ground. There are parts of the engine on the ground. It is definitely not going to go right now. And so like, you know what? We're, we're going to send you guys home and we'll come back tomorrow. So now we're all in this frantic mode of like finding other flights. We tried everything to get out of South Dakota. We tried rent-a-cars. We tried other airlines. We can't get out of South Dakota. I'm like stuck here. And so they give us a hotel voucher, so we leave, and we go to the hotel, and we get, they're like, don't worry, don't worry, the part is coming tomorrow morning, first thing, we're going to get you on that plane, first thing, Sunday morning. I already should have already been home by Saturday night, now it's Sunday morning. We come walking in the airport, we're super excited, and I come in, the engine cab is still open. Now there's a guy in shorts on underneath the plane. It's like they called him in from somewhere to try to fix this thing. And he's working on it. There are still parts laying on the ground. We're like, what are you talking about? There's no way this plane's going to go. And then the box comes with a part in it. We literally watched this thing happen. This guy has a box. He comes to the engine, puts it down. He opens it up, takes the part out. He looks at it. He looks at the engine. He looks at the part. He looks at the engine again. Puts it back in the box. And he walks away. And there's like 40 of us staring out the window of the gate going, Oh my gosh. They don't have the right part. They ordered the wrong part. And it was like this unbelievable, it was like a, it was like a movie. It was like a surreal experience. I was like, I am stuck in South Dakota. I am stuck in South Dakota. And then my wife texted me, remember you preached on patience last week? She was like, you may have brought this on. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, I did talk about patience last week. And so I just, we were just beginning to pray and we, it was one thing after another and it was, it, we just couldn't get out of there. And actually the words that I was saying is I started speaking, I'm stuck in South Dakota. And you know the power of our words? I was literally keeping myself stuck in South Dakota. I kept saying it over and over. And then they tell us, like, look, I'm sorry. There's no other flight we can get you on. We can't, we, you can't even rent a car in South Dakota from this airport. Like, you can do nothing. You will be here until we fix this plane. And so they said, come back tomorrow morning. And so tomorrow, the, now it's Monday. I was supposed to be home Saturday. It's Monday. I'm still in South Dakota. This just happened out a few days ago, okay? It's fresh in my mind. I am fresh upset at American Airlines. But anyway, okay. And so we, find they, I get, we get there, and you know, we peek around the corner. Oh, the engine's put back together. They got the part. They found the guy. The plane is on time. And we take off. And we fly into Charlotte. Another maintenance issue in Charlotte, but whatever. Minor. I got home. And as I got back and I turned on my phone, here's a text message that I got from that guy right back there, Charles Macelli. He said this, hey, pastor, I just wanted to say hi. He said, also, my brother told me about your plane and the mechanical issues that you were held up in South Dakota. I felt the Holy Spirit say to me that because you were to be on that plane, that everybody was spared 
that they found the problem before the plane was in the air. And so count it all joy that you were there. Glory to God. Love you, Pastor. And I just, I, it came up and I was just like, oh my gosh. And I'm so worked up in the airport, upset. Like there's, I mean, maybe there were people the Lord wanted me to witness to, but I couldn't get out of my head that I couldn't get out of South Dakota. But this ministered to me. And it told me that God is all-knowing. And God knows. And He sees. And there was a purpose. And there was a reason for me being delayed for 48 hours in South Dakota. And if this was the reason, thank you, God. And I believe that it was part of it. Because we don't text all that much. And you only text Him when the Lord speaks to you. And the Lord spoke to Him and encouraged my heart. So I'm here today. Because the Lord is all-knowing and cares about us. So what is our response to us? I want to finish with this. Uh, Grace, whoever's on keys, if you could come back up. What's our response to God's omniscience? That he knows everything. We have to worship him. When I saw that text message, I said, Lord, you know everything. And I just began to worship him and thanking him. That even when a situation, a circumstance doesn't work out like we hoped or planned, that he is still working in that circumstance. He's still working in that situation. I told you when we opened the service, when I came back, it was Friday, and I just hadn't had music on to worship. And I just put some music on, I, I put a, a new song on, and I just began to weep. Sometimes we just need to worship. Sometimes we just need to worship through the challenge, through the situation, not just on the other side, but even when we're in the situation. Even when we feel like it's not fair, this isn't right, why are all these other people leaving this airport but I can't get out? We have to worship Him in our situations. Second one is we have to trust Him and His plans. I was like, why are we still here? Why am I shooting guns? Why am I riding horses? Why do I have no cell phone service? Why am I stuck in South Dakota? I had to trust his plans. In every situation and circumstance that I faced, God had a purpose in it. He knew about it. He knew it from the beginning of time I was going to go through this circumstance. And he was there to encourage me and to help me. And I could trust him and his plan. So if you're in a situation, you're in a circumstance, just trust him with it. Just trust him with it. Trust him with it. I don't know what you're facing this morning. I don't know what challenge that you have. But can you trust him with it? Can you give it to him this morning? Say, God, I trust you and your plans. Not my plans, but yours. May we trust in the Lord. And lean not on our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge Him, and He will make our path straight. I would encourage you this morning, after you worship Him in your circumstance, and after you trust Him, say, Lord, I trust you with it, just begin to seek Him. Begin to ask Him, Lord, what do I do? What is next? 
If you are all-knowing, God, if you know everything, if you're omniscient, Lord, then please help me in this situation. Give me the wisdom that I need to navigate what I'm going through. The Bible says, knock and the door will be open. Seek and you will find. The Bible says God is a rewarder of those who what? Diligently seek him. But he doesn't reward you because of your acts. It's because you are growing closer to him when you seek him. And when you grow closer to somebody, you begin to hear their voice. You begin to know their voice. You begin to know them more. And so you are rewarded because you are knowing God more. And he gives you a peace in a circumstance where most people can't have peace because you now know him more. And that is why we diligently seek him. Not for rewards, but to know him more. To know him more. And when we know him more, we hear him more. And I want to be someone who hears him more. Little things. Go down the road, turn right, stop at two houses. Come on. He knew it. I didn't know it. But he led me there. Then the last one is to watch our words. May your words be aligned with God's word. May your words be aligned with his plans and his purposes. And I think, I, actually, I think Liz texted me at some point. She's like, I was angry in some of my text messages. I'm stuck in South Dakota and I can't get out. She's like, you're having what you're saying. <laughs> True statement. I had to begin to change the language, the words that I was speaking. I'm not stuck in South Dakota. I could walk out this door right now and start walking to Wyoming, which I think might be the closest next state. I can go somewhere else. I am not stuck. But I am trusting in God and His plans. And I will get home to my family. And I will get home to Erie, Pennsylvania. I am not stuck anywhere because God is with me. And he is leading and he is guiding. So just bow your heads with me this morning. Father, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, Lord. Just want to take a moment as we close. With everyone's eyes closed and head bowed, if you have a situation where you just need him to come into it, where you need God's knowledge, you need his all-knowing need to trust him in the plan and the purpose here just slip your hand up this morning my hands up with you i just want to pray for us today just put your hand up and say lord i'm that's me i'm here i'm committing to worship you to trust you to seek you and to align my words with your word Father, you see the hands that are raised. You see the circumstances that people are going through. You know it all. You're all-knowing. Lord, I just ask that you would just release the grace and peace and mercy and knowledge for everyone who has their hand up, for everyone sitting in this congregation today, for everyone who is watching or listening online. That you would release to them your grace and your peace. But as they worship you, and as they trust you, and as they seek you, Lord, that you would lead them and guide them with your knowledge, for you know all things. And Lord, we just bless your name. Oh, praise the name 
of the Lord our God. We praise your name this morning. We praise your name. We give you all glory. We give you all glory, Lord. Just worship him for a minute before we close. Lord, we just thank you. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you are all-knowing. You are all-powerful. You are everywhere all the time. You are good. You are faithful. You're merciful. You are just. We thank you, Father. We give you all the honor and the praise and the glory. And Lord, this morning, as those who had their hands lifted up, we give you those circumstances, Lord. We release them to you. We release them to you. As we raised our hands, as we opened our hands, Lord, we no longer want to hold on to them. But we give them to you. We thank you, Lord. In your precious name we pray. Amen. We have some prayer teams coming up here as we close. Uh, If you guys could come up here now, that would be great. If you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. That relationship with the all-knowing God can be yours today. Come up and get prayer. If you need prayer for anything else, agreement, prayer for healing, whatever it is, these guys are up here, and they will pray with you. They will agree with you. They will speak life over you. They will speak the word of God over you. And maybe you just had that circumstance situation you just want to share with someone to be in agreement. Do that this morning before you leave. As we close, let me read this benediction out of Romans 11. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be the glory forever and ever and ever. Amen and amen. I love you guys. It's so good to be back. We'll see you soon. Have a blessed week.